Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Canada's podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie LG, and today I'm thrilled to welcome Adam Temple from Inline Group, headquartered in Edmonton, as our special guest. Today, we're going to dig into Adam's career as an entrepreneur, some of the hard lessons he's learned along the way. We're also going to talk about his deep commitment to community and how he's integrating that passion into the corporate culture at Inline Group. So Adam, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much, Bonnie. It's a pleasure. Thanks for making the time. Awesome. Well. Before we get into some of our questions, it would be great if you could introduce yourselves to our listeners and just tell us a little bit about your personal journey as an entrepreneur. Sure, I'd love to. Um, you know, I guess first first and foremost, I'm a I'm a husband and a dad of two little boys. So I have a I have a three year old and a one year old. So um, as much as I'm an entrepreneur, I'm in the thick of dad life. That's for sure. So those are the fun, um, fun times. <laughs> Yeah, those are the those are the fun times, and they take up most of my day for sure. But um, yeah, so so entrepreneurial journey. I uh, so I moved to Alberta in 2007. Uh, I came from St. John's, Newfoundland, uh, with the intention of coming to Alberta to work in Banff or, or go to Jasper and, and uh, kind of live this free life and escape school. Is 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 kind of how my journey started. But I'll go back a little bit further. Um, as a child, uh, you know, my parents tell me I was very independent. And I was kind of, kind of always wanted to do things on my own and do things myself. Uh, and as I worked into my teenage years, my mom and dad got divorced, and I lived with my father. Um, and he was a working man. He was a tradesman. He was a carpenter by trade, and you know, long hours, long days, um, and that kind of left me to quote unquote fend for my own. Um, so once again, just very independent, kind of in control of my own fate. So I came to Alberta, um, and, and with that in mind, I, you know, I think I got the taste of the opportunity in Alberta. Um, and everyone knows that this is a, you know, I think this is a great province for opportunity and there's a ton, uh, there's, there's a ton of opportunity out here for the right person. So I landed in Alberta in 2007, um, heading to Banff, and I and, and I quickly learned about the oil sands. I'd never heard of the oil sands before. Um, you know, I heard about the money I had, the or the op, or the opportunity of the money I had to make up there. So I headed to Fort, I headed to Fort McMurray, and and you know, lo and lo and behold, I was making, you know, seventy or eighty thousand dollars, kind of just boom, you know, as quick as quick as I could get there. Um, and I guess that kind of transformed Bonnie a little bit into, you know, I seen the opportunity and I still had that that want and that need to kind of be the controller of my own fate. Um, and, and in 2012, my, my business partner and I, Ryan Dunbar, co-founded Inline Construction Surveys. Um, and from there, we, you know, we, the company evolved. So we were part of some major projects in the Fort McMurray region. And, um, yeah, you know, I you know, I think the the rest is history and I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll dig into it as the as the chat goes on here, but that's a quick overview of how we got started. And so um, maybe tell us a little bit, like what are the services um, that Inline provides and where did you see there was that opportunity in the market 
you know, to maybe address needs that weren't being met or, or just that there was so much opportunity, there was space for inline. Yeah, for sure. So 2012, um, you know, it was, it was pretty busy in the oil sense. Um, so we provide construction surveying is what we started out as, um, and, and we've evolved since then. But, um, in 2012, there was a lot of big companies providing the services that we, that we wanted to provide. So, you know, we've seen that opportunity to kind of slide in and be a little bit more of a, you know, a small ma and pa boutique shop, um, that just really concentrated on service. Um, you know, and we'll touch on this in a, a little bit later, but they were solely uh, dedicated to profit, right? Like that's that's what they were concerned about. Um, you know, and Ryan and I are very much so the opposite, right? The customer comes first, our employees come first. We're very much so concentrated on, on those two items. So that was kind of the, I think what started that is we were kind of fed up and we were kind of sick of working for these companies that had people sitting in a you know an ivory tower as some people call it but mm. sitting in sitting in an ivory tower just telling you what you can't can't do uh, not so much what you can do but uh, just 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 that restriction um, but yeah so to back a little bit currently as of today uh, so we provide geotechnical engineering uh, materials testing and surveying services for generally large companies across Canada. Um, we pursue logistically challenged and remote projects throughout uh, all of Canada. So the best way for me to describe that is imagine taking all of our provinces, cutting them in half. Everything in the north of our provinces is where we generally pursue uh, work. So that brings up a, a very interesting question. Um, it sounds like you go after maybe those projects that that are more difficult and and challenging and so what is it about that type of work that um attracts you and and where and why have you kind of made that the niche for inline group yeah it's certainly challenging to say the least mm -hmm. um you know for first and foremost it's right in how we phrase it it, it it's very logistically challenged um but it's just what we know, right? I think that's 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 the main reason why we pursue this. It's kind of the the DNA of our company. It's the you know the expertise and the and the skills that we've developed over the last nine years um, suit those projects. Um, however, it also levels the playing field. So you can imagine for inline to try to go compete in the greater Toronto region right now would probably be impossible, right? Because we're competing with local firms, with local people. Um, however, we, when we compete in a, you know, a place like Timmins, Ontario, the local competition is lessened, right? So it, um, you know, it kind of levels that playing field and generally everyone is bringing uh, workforce from outside of the region which gives inline an opportunity to kind of provide pricing and hopefully win work within the region. Hmm. So. And are you a person, would you describe yourself as someone who likes adventure and, and challenge? Like, is, is that part of what has, has kind of fed this evolution to focus on that type of work? Yeah. So not only myself, you know, my, my business partner, um, you know, many people say, you know, you're, 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 business partnership is is one of if not one of the most important partnerships you ever have uh 
just as important as marriage. And Ryan and I are very lucky to be as aligned as we are, um, but for sure. So we both love a challenge, um, you know, and I think that's really what feeds this. Um, I think it would be easy enough for us to really concentrate on Edmonton where our main office is located, but um, these logistically challenged and remote projects are, are just that they're really challenged, they're tough. Um, and they're really rewarding, right? Because it, generally it's big projects that are talked about throughout the entire country, right? So um, something like the Fort Hills project in Fort McMurray that just got finished, um, you know, I think it was finished maybe three or four years ago, but it was the talk of the country when it was being built, right? And it, uh, you know, it's a bit of pride, I guess, saying that we're we're working on some of the largest projects throughout uh, throughout our country is, is uh, a little bit of fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'd love to maybe back up a bit, um, Adam, and talk a bit, like you started in line at, at quite a young age, 22, and, and came out and, and, you know, sounds like you really built your career from the ground up, you know, didn't have con connections or that that you pulled on right away. Um, can you share if maybe a lesson or two or a, an experience where you really had to overcome some hardship and obstacles? And, you know, I think of our listeners um, and many of them in particular over the last uh, 18 months. I mean, it's been a really difficult time and we can draw on stories from entrepreneurs, you know, who can share experiences of how they've overcome or maybe how you've pivoted not necessarily in COVID, but at other times in your careers and, and been able to adapt and, and uh, you know, get over those obstacles that can come, sometimes seem insurmountable to start. Yeah, this is, you know, I, I feel like I have a, I have so many to pull on Bonnie, but um, you know, I, I was assuming this question would come up and one, you know, it just continually pops to mind. So. You know, Ryan and I started and we were two guys from from the field, right? We didn't have any business experience, uh, no financial experience. So um, 2012, we started and we, you know, we realized that our, our biggest gap was going to be our bookkeeping and our financial management part of our business. So we searched out, a, you know, a bookkeeper or, you know, someone to look over our finances and pay our people and kind of do the checks and balances, um, you know, and, and we were very trusting at that time. So we let this person kind of have free reign. And at the end of the month, they'd give us a, a P&L to say, hey, you guys made some money. And, you know, at that time, we just high five each other like, heck, man, we're, we're, you know, we're really doing this. In 2012, uh, or no, 2014, uh, we switched our accounting firms to MNP. Uh, and, and, you know, our accountant from MNP was like, you know, guys, something's just not adding up here. Um, so after they did some, some depth digging, uh, we found out that, that that bookkeeper, that person that we thought was taking care of us so well, had actually stolen over $300,000. Oh my. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, luckily, um, you know, our business was still doing well and, and, and still, um, you know, still able to survive that. Um, but I think the biggest lesson there and the biggest, you know, you ask about challenges is, is was really the mental challenge on that one. Um, 
you know, especially for me, um, you know, Ryan, you know, at this time in 2014, we had kind of evolved and Ryan was kind of the field guy and I was the office guy. And, um, you know, so, so the office and the finance side of the business was mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to kind of get that dagger put in you to say, hey, you lost the company $300,000. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge mental barrier uh, to come over. Um, luckily, I did, but um, you know, there's so many lessons to come to come out of that. But you know, if I was to give one lesson to a you know to a young entrepreneur that's starting, um, I would say don't be afraid to ask a stupid question uh, or, or or what you deem as a stupid question. Um, I think I could have protected myself a lot more by asking like unknowns um you know i was very much so afraid to say hey you know miss bookkeeper can you explain this to me because it doesn't make sense i just in my head i kind of spun it up to say oh well i don't know anything about finance that's got to be right I, i i think that person's doing what they need to do but um you know as an owner an entrepreneur the leader of the business i think you have a right to to understand everything, um, even though if you're going into the conversation without the, you know, understanding or the skill set, and you have to ask mm-hmm. ten extra questions, I think, I think that's your right. So, mm. oh, that's good. so that's my, yeah, that's my biggest one. You know, there's 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 tons, Bonnie, but I think that's the one that I could really draw on, and I still to this day I think of that scenario and I'll always go back to it. Right? So, mm-hmm. So how have you, um, I guess, had the resilience um, to survive in an industry that that is very cyclical, it's very up and down, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, certainly, I mean, you've, you've been through cycles now just with, by virtue of how long Inline has been around. How, how do you ride through those times and how do you still find a way to, to build a strategy you know, for success and growth? Yeah, such a, such a big question, hey? Um, so first and foremost, I'll say, I don't think we really had a strategy uh, up until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say my, my, my one comment here, would, you know, I think we were just very opportunistic um, for our first eight years. Um, so anything that was presented in front of us, we were very quick to react adaptable um, I you know I think that's been the big one that we could always draw on to say throughout our eight years we weren't set in stone to say this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to do it um, we were very adaptable right so we changed as our industry changed um, and as well you know as the the you know I think the famous things go you know we diversified in 2018 and added that geotechnical engineering and materials testing division which has been a you know it's now makes up 30 percent of our business which is which is amazing um, so that's been a you know a huge a huge key to our success in the last nine nine years and then third i think just relationships for us um, you know it just truly comes back to relationships and a lot of those people that we've initially worked with in you know 13 and 14 and 15 now moved on to other projects somewhere in Western Canada or even across Canada um, and we've been able to maintain those relationships and you know we've been lucky enough that they just kind of take us to the next project and that's how we've 
very much so organically grown over the last uh, the last eight or nine years here. Well, and I know one of the things, Adam, um, that you've mentioned is really important to you is is around giving back to community. And that's really one of the, the pillars of, of Inline today. Can you tell us a bit about, first of all, why that's such a passion of yours? And then, you know, how do you make that part of your corporate culture? How is it part of just the way that you, you conduct yourselves, you know? It, we, we hear a lot of lip service to corporate social responsibility and that type of thing, but interested to hear how you've been able to infuse that into your organization. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and, and it certainly is something that's important to me. Um, you know, it's always been important to me and I think it comes from my grandparents. Um, you know, both, both sides of my grandparents were, were very much so involved in their communities and um, you know, I might have skipped a generation with my parents. They were very much so worker bees and we didn't do a lot of that as children, but um, it's something my grandparents kind of instilled in me from a young, at a young age. But on my journey throughout the last nine years, um, you know, it's only recently that, that we've started really, you know, making a conservative effort and making it a part of our strategy. Um, and that stems from me reading a book um, called The Triple Bottom Line. Right, and that's where it kind of all started. And you know, I think one story really stuck out to me um, is about the Hershey factory. So we all know Hershey bars, um, and and the story goes that you know the Hershey board just decided that they were going to sell the business to the highest bidder um, at, at at one point in their in their uh, in their uh, living, and the entire community. So it was in. Uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, I think is the town's name. Um, so, you know, obviously that town was fueled by this Hershey factory um, and the millions of dollars that it would have pumped into that community. So they found out through a newspaper article. So the community, the community wasn't consulted, the community wasn't talked about, um, and that's all these people's jobs, right? So what had happened is essentially the entire community um, protested this sale right so uh and this uh, the buyers of hershey wouldn't buy it because they seen the disruption that it was causing and then obviously they were afraid that it was going to disrupt you know if they bought hershey for their production are these people going to come back to work are we actually going to have a business to to actually buy it just really stuck with me um you know those people sitting around a boardroom were making the best decision that they could in terms of profit, right? But um, there's so many other ways to measure the success of a business. Um, and, and that really what it comes back to me. So you ask about community investment. That's just a piece of it. Um, you know, I think that's very important to invest in our communities. And, and, you know, that's generally the way most companies say that they're, they're you know, they, they care about other than profit is they'll write a check or they'll, like you said, they'll kind of do lip service. That is a little bit of lip service, right? Just write a check. It's easy. It's it's you know it kind of you know it's quick and, and there's not a there's not a lot a lot of stuff that needs to be done. But I think just caring about all stakeholders and, and people that are involved uh, from the business is really where we kind of try to put rubber to pavement, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, 
and that starts with just communication and transparency um, around our whole business. So something as simple as every quarter we'll reveal our entire business to our people. That includes our profit and loss, that includes our balance sheet, that includes everything. So, um, you know, including people in that discussion and letting people know what our business is about uh, and, and how healthy or unhealthy it is, um, that's a really big piece for me. Employee ownership, uh, employee profit sharing is another one. Um, you know, so so we're really going through uh, you know some steps right now to bring in some employee ownership, uh, and then for those that you know necessarily don't want to be an owner, uh, we'll have employee profit sharing as well. So you know, much like in the book, the the triple bottom line, I think there is a sweet spot. So there's you know triple bottom line is there's three real key key pieces there's the profit um, which I think first and foremost is you know as much as people talk about this triple bottom line the business still needs to make money to be able to do all these other initiatives um, and then there's the people and then there's the planet so when it speaks to people it's just are you considering all of your stakeholders that are involved so that that's both the internal and external stakeholders and then the environment is very much so straightforward. Like, are we doing the best we can to protect and, and uh, preserve our environment? Generally, there's a sweet spot, right? So um, not all businesses, and I'll use inline, there's not a ton that we can do to change uh, our business to help the environment per se. Um, you know, now we can certainly go pick garbage up off the side of the road or, or do something along those lines, but we don't affect the environment with what we do, right? We go out in the field and we look at things and we assess things. Uh, we're not really disturbing the environment. So the two pieces that we really focus on are the profit and the people, right? So um, external, internal stakeholders, um, you know, we care about their entire journey. But someone like Suncor Energy, let's say, um, they would probably care about all facets of that trip, that triple bottom line, right? And, and, and they very much so do, uh, but they have the ability to change their business to positively affect the environment. Uh, whereas a company like Inline may not have that opportunity because until we can drive electric pickup trucks, there's not a ton that we can do to change, uh, to change our business. So right. it's such a, it's such a huge topic, Bonnie, and, and I'm still learning. Uh, I'm still learning about this today and, and every every day moving forward, but uh, it is near and dear to my heart. You know, we we hire and fire based on that. Um, you know, many of our people, if not all, are, are very much so ingrained in that as well. Mm -hmm. So what's next for you with, with the company? Like, where do you hope to be in five years? Yeah, so, um, you know, I hope the business is just sustainable in five years. You know, I hope we continue growing. Um, you know, I hope we've, we've hit some of our targets to, to you know, put a regional presence across the country, um, you know, and, and hopefully just keep up with this crazy world that we're in. These, uh, our industry is, is changing so much year by year. Um, there's so much technology. Um, so just trying to keep up with that. Mm. 
and I'd like to maybe shift gears just for a few minutes, Adam, as, as we uh, we start to, to wind down our chat. But you and I, when we were talking before, before we started the interview, you mentioned that you are a lifelong learner and you really love to learn. And I'm wondering, are there some, you know, other books besides the triple bottom line, which you've already referenced or podcasts or different resources that you could share with our listeners that, that you find helpful as, as you, you know, are continually evolving and growing as an entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so, so a couple books that really come to mind is Five Dysfunctions of a Team mm -hmm. uh, by Patrick Lencioni. Um, and I just think that book helped me so, so much when I, when I, when I got started, uh, and I still reference it pretty well every day or every week. Um, and there's also a system called EOS, which is Entrepreneurial Operating System, um, also known as like scaling up. There's a couple of different ones out there, but, um, I think that's what really took us from, a you know, just a bare bones entrepreneurial company to a company that has a little bit of processes and procedures. Mm -hmm. um, so they have a, you know, a whole series of books, but you could just look them up online. It's EOS. Uh, and, and I think those books are fantastic. Uh, and it's just some basic tools that you could use to kind of really help your business grow. Awesome. I think those those are really helpful. So is there anything else, Adam, that you'd like to share either about your experience or or just even how you know how you're you're feeling in terms of we are seeing our economies start to come out of the all of the ramifications and implications of the last 18 months and the changes that happened with the lockdown and the pandemic and you know, how, how does the future look to you? Are you feeling optimistic? And how are things in Edmonton? <laughs> yeah, well, hot, yeah. for sure. Uh, you know, I think it's 30, 30 degrees again today, but um, yeah, like we're, we're really optimistic right now. Um, you know, our, our, our team is busy. Uh, things seem to be moving in the world. Um, you know, here in Alberta, obviously restrictions are being lifted a little bit. Uh, so that helps. Um, yeah, so very, very optimistic about the next little while. Um, you know, speaking on some challenges about COVID that we faced is, is I think I think the biggest one for us has been the hiring. Um, the hiring coming out of COVID, and I haven't quite figured it out yet, but I think it, it's it's useful to share if any other entrepreneurs out there are, are, are dealing with this struggle. I think it's, a you know, a lot of people are dealing with it. Um, this has been our toughest year ever for hiring. Um, so, and then any other feedback that I'd like to provide. Um, so I'm part of an organization called uh, EO, so Entrepreneur or Organization. Um, and I think I just want to give that a little plug uh, because it, it's helped me so much. Um, and what it's really done is it's helped, it's given me a, a safe place to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, once again, I go back to my example about our bookkeeper there and when, when we lost that money is it, it gives me an opportunity to ask some questions um, that I necessarily don't feel comfortable asking a, you know, a guy in a boardroom and I kind of feel silly, um, but it gives me a place to, 
you know, to bring my issues or challenges every month. You know, we meet once a month and, and it just gives me an opportunity to open up um, and, and get advice from other entrepreneurs and other industry uh, people. And um, it, it's been amazing for me both personally uh, and professionally. So I think if, you know, and it doesn't have to be with EO by any means, but um, you know, I think mentorship uh, or peer-to-peer -peer learning. So anything that, that an entrepreneur can do to get themselves in that sort of situation is a huge catalyst in my opinion. It's a, you know, it's truly something that everyone should have. Um, and once again, it just goes back to being vulnerable, right? I think everyone needs a platform and needs an opportunity to be able to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, and I think, you know, that's one of the things too that we try to do with, with even with the Canada's podcast is to create that that environment and that community across the country where people can learn from each other and learn not only from your successes but also your mistakes. So really appreciate you sharing your, your a bit of your story today and uh, really nice to have you on the show. Um, if anyone of our listeners wanted to find you online, where would be the best place? Are you on LinkedIn or? how could they connect with you yeah uh i'm on linkedin so just uh just as it sounds adam temple uh, and that's about it i i uh i try to steer away from the the other social media platforms awesome well adam thank you so much for your time today and wish you all the best for the rest of this year and and well into the future and and uh, thank you for being on the show awesome thanks bonnie i appreciate your time <laughs>